and welcome to HopeForMe.Live. Today we're going to be talking about agreeing to disagree. Now this might sound like a foreign subject to some who are listening to this uh, podcast, but it is a necessary tool for healthy relationships. Let's be blunt, Miss Angie. You cannot always agree with everybody all the time about everything. There's going to be disagreements. How you handle that is going to be key to successful relationships. Right. And I and I think that, you know, honing on the word tool, it could be used as a tool. It's not just something we do and like, okay, I'll just be nice. No, it's a tool. So if any tool that you practice with and you learn to use it well is going to work well for you. So think of it that way. Think of it as not giving in. Um, and we'll go into more detail about what that looks like. But if you use it as a tool, it's going to benefit you greatly. You know, some listening to the show right now, they're thinking to themselves that, well, you don't understand my situation. And, and, and this is not a situational thing. This is, this is a spiritual art. I want to start from a pastoral point of view for a second. When you are in a relationship with anyone, because you're not going to agree on everything, you really have a choice. You have a choice to be what the Bible says is humble, gentle, kind, soft-spoken, not demanding your way. And notice all of these things that I'm listing are attributes of what the Bible calls love and grace. Or you can decide that you're going to make a mountain out of a molehill and say that the molehill that you're looking at is a mountain. It's horrible. The worst thing in the world. And you begin to have a very prideful perspective that everything has to be a fight. Right. Everything is biblical. I know that sometimes in uh, Christian circles, we tend to what is called major in the minors. Have you ever heard that term before? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Majoring in the minors means that you major or you focus on the things that are minor in the Bible, or maybe saying it this way, are not necessarily covered by the Bible, but you just assume this is the way it's supposed to be. You right. wind up majoring in the things that may not at all be at the heart of God. Right. And then you get into trouble. And then instead of agreeing to disagree on whatever topic it is, because of pride, because of knowledge, which the Bible says knowledge puffs up but loves builds up, you decide that you're going to fight at every corner mm. and make everything that may be minor into something major. Right. So on a spiritual end, I think that on a pastoral side, I would say to the audience today that have a little bit more grace with people. Ask the Lord, hey, am I humble? Am I, am I, am I being too arrogant? Am I being too prideful? Am I focusing so much on the law of God that I have lost the love of God. Right. That's my little diatribe. Well, there you go. I think we're done. I think oh. you pretty much summed it all up. <laughs> no, we got the counselor oh, side. Okay. They're, they're, but it was so good. <laughs> but, you know, what we want to do is we want to make these relationships healthy and strong. Yes. And what you're saying is, is that learning to di agree to disagree with the right heart, I uh -huh. would add, is, is very helpful in making a relationship healthy and strong. 
And remember, this is any relationship. This is a tool that can be used in any right. relationship, no matter how close or how just surface your relationship is. Mm -hmm. um, meet you with acquaintances or with, with anybody, someone you just met in five minutes. We're not always going to agree. And if we can learn to do this, we not only will probably gain more good relationships, but we'll maintain the ones we have very well. All right. So there are some things that we need to remember if we want to be able to use uh, this important relationship tool. We're going to go through five specifics. Okay. Yeah. You heard my general sermon that lasted two and a half minutes. Okay. <laughs> and I know some people out there going, I love a two and a half minute sermon. <laughs> my pastor just never stops <laughs> preaching. So these are going to be five things. Okay. So why don't you start with number one? All right. Number one, keep in mind that we are all different and many have encountered life differently. Mm -hmm. Okay. So opinions may have been formed from this. So we've all, you know, we're our own person. We have all different backgrounds. We've been raised differently. Uh, we have been influenced differently by different people. We might have some wounds we've dealt with. All of these things kind of form our opinions in life. Uh, education little education much education all of these things our worldviews they all they all afford they, they all form our opinion and so we have to when we're talking to someone else we kind of have to keep that in mind that person is not me it's statistically impossible because of what you just said it is statistically impossible for two people to agree on every subject. That's that's the truth. It's right impossible. There. It's impossible because everybody has lived life different. You might be you might have lived in the Christian church and grew up in the Christian church, come from two different backgrounds, and go, okay, we should agree on everything. Well, hold on. What church did you involve in? What what denomination were you involved in? What were your parents like? What were your uncles and aunts like? How did you experience life? Did did God speak to you in a way that maybe He didn't speak to someone else? It doesn't right. matter. There's going to be differences. Right. Hey, listen, I was raised in a household with 12 kids. There's 12 of us raised by the same mom, right? Mm -hmm. The same way, same parent, right? And we still have different opinions. Mm -hmm. we, we have different ways of thinking about it. And, and there are times where we said, weren't we raised by the same mom? How come you see things this way and I see things that way? So there's other things that influence our life. You know, even brothers and sisters that were raised in the same household. So we have to consider that in every single situation. And let me add, it is not your job as a human being to change someone else's opinion to agree with yours. Right. And, and, and sadly, I have on the pastoral side in counseling and being involved in churches, I have witnessed people who think that everything they believe is right. Let's say they know the Bible well, which is great. And because they do, they have made the massive assumption that every opinion they have about religion, politics, finance, um, how to raise kids, uh, work, ethic, anything and everything you imagine, that everything is perfect and they are right. And then we have a real problem there, yeah, don't we? Yeah, that's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, but, but there's people out there like that. It, it, it's very true. And then there's no room. I mean, there's just no room for... When, when you encounter people like that, there's no room for learning. And let's face it, we're all on this process of learning. Mm -hmm. None of us has it down, you know. And so, you know, even to say that we understand God fully is not even biblical you know, there's mysteries of God that we are not going to fully understand. So if you encounter someone that says they fully understand God or they know the scriptures back and forward and their what their opinion of it is true and right, um, that, that, yeah, I would, I would have some caution there. 
I'm going to go back to a Bible verse I just very quickly mentioned, which is from 1 Corinthians, where it says that uh, knowledge puffs up and love builds up. Right. Now, if you have your opinions and you're way too pushy with those and you're making mountains out of molehills and in the middle of causing others to succumb to your opinions, okay, if you're engaged in that kind of behavior, okay, are you building them up? Because in the end, what does it say? Love builds up. Right. So what we're trying to teach here about agreeing to disagree is that when you agree to disagree about issues, okay, even if you are right biblically, okay, if you can agree to disagree and show the love of God, you're building that other person up right. to maybe receive the ultimate truth down the road. Right. You're, you're keeping that relationship intact instead of destroying it with the sword of your own righteousness. Right. Boy, I spiritualized that. Well, well let, you know, let's face it. We are only willing to receive from someone, um, be influenced by someone that we feel safe with, that we feel loved by that we respect, you know, so all of those things are important and a fighting for your right or fighting for to be right is something that kind of puts up walls instead of break down walls. Yeah. And number two, when we encounter these different opinions in a relationship, it can cause a lot of frustration. Um, before reacting, make sure you understand the facts um, that formed the opinions because assumption can be a bear. It's a communication right. killer. It, it can be a relationship is. a killer. Yeah. Try to remember if someone's disagreeing with you, they have influence somewhere else. They've got their formed opinion from somewhere else. And maybe in, be, instead of getting frustrated and coming right back with an argument, maybe ask a few questions. Where did you get that belief system? You know, how, hey, how did you come to that opinion? Kind of open yourself up for good communication, you know, back and forth. And maybe you could share where you got your opinion and how you got there. So make it a learning experience rather than a need to be right. I got to tell you, um, I've been a Christian now 30 years. And I remember the first few years of being a Christian. And uh, I was all about truth. I was the truth guy, okay? And I got to be honest with you, not that I was a jerk about it, but I didn't have a lot of grace. I didn't. Yeah. I'd just be blunt. I didn't. And I, I think where I am today and, you know, um, being, you know, in California in particular, you know, um, when I talk to people, I, 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 don't, I don't have that same attitude or mindset I had 30 years ago. I still love the Lord. I love truth. I am a truth guy. But I, I just have this very soft startup. I'm non-threatening. Just kind of lay it out there yeah. and see how people absorb it. It's a yeah. big difference. Right. And, and I'm assuming that through your life's journey, you realize that basically, you know, um, what is it what's the saying you know you kill you get more bees with honey yeah so you're realizing that when and with vinegar when you're acting out of your need to for truth and right no matter how good your your intention is it can be that relationship killer it can turn people off and then you you don't you no longer have influence in their life if you're acting out of love and truth you're going to have grace in your responses right. if you're acting out of arrogance with truth 
then you're going to have harshness and bitterness and 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 an attitude that's just going to turn people off. Right, which is actually leading right into point number three. Yeah, being right is not always the important thing in a conversation, especially if maintaining a good relationship is your goal. Do men have more trouble with this than women? I think I, th- I would think they would, but I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't say necessarily. Okay. I, I think what what whether you're a man or woman, you know, I think it's more about you know how you formed your opinions and what's your character and why is it so important for you to be right you know um so i you know i I think women very much have that as well that that need to be right or in or to correct or to mother even it could come that way because we're mothers and so it it could be like i i I need to tell you what to do or how to do or how your opinion should be It, it you know sometimes people feel the this insatiable need to be right because right. of arrogance. Other people can feel this insatiable desire to be right because they are a truth seeker, you know? Right. And you might even say, listen, I'm in this relationship where this person's got to hear the truth. They've got to hear the truth. And I'm the only one to give it to them. Now, I just want to say something to that because I know you were ready to jump in. Right. But I just want to say, God doesn't need you. Right. He, he just doesn't need you. Right. Okay? Right. So get over yourself. Yeah. He can use anybody. And he doesn't even have to use you. Read your old testament. He can use a donkey. Right, right. I think I think you said it good earlier where we're supposed to uplift that we we were meant to uplift each other, to edify each other. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to have these relationships, you know, some people might say, I don't really care about this relationship, so I just want to be right. Hey, that's that's up to you. But if you really want healthy goal, you know, healthy relationships and that's your goal, um, you're going to listen to what, what we're talking about today because, um, you know, being right does not trump, you know, making sure you're fostering a loving and an open relationship where you're communicating well. And so that that is going to need to be the goal if you want a long, strong relationship. And there's nothing in our conversation we're having today that is at all suggesting that you deny the truths of God right. in the process. If you've gotten that from what we are saying, go back and start again because you're not hearing us right. Right. No, we're just saying the way that you bring that truth, yes. you need to consider. Yes, and in and, and, and the necessity of bringing it up, you know, at the timing of it or deciding, um, you know, this is not worth a fight at this time, maybe at another time. Right. All right, number four, after listening well, and that's a, that, you know, we could probably spend a whole show on that. Right. After listening well, we're just going to assume that's happening, doing your best to understand the heart of the other person and prioritizing um, and maintaining solid relationships. It may be time to make a loving decision to be okay to disagree. Right. All right, so unpack so, that so so basically so you've gone it was through, a long it, it is sentence it, it was, was it reading. was but there's a lot of points that need to get in there okay. so so basically so we're assuming like you said you know you're you're spending time having communication with this person you've listened to their side remember we talked about make sure you understand their perspective and and where they've got their opinion so you've listened well you're you're trying to understand where they're coming from and your prior, you know, you've prioritized, you've said, in your, well, it's more important for me to have a good relationship than to be right in this moment. So you've, you've processed all of those things. Now it might be time if they're still not changing your opinion and you're still feeling like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really stuck on this opinion. That's the time where you want to start to implement 
it's okay that we don't agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what, what you're laying here is a foundation right. for getting to the point where you might have to agree to disagree. Before you get to that point, being a great listener. Yeah. Listening not just with your ears, but understanding with your heart, right. hearing the heart of that other person. Um, understanding how important the relationship is, putting that other person first. Once you have achieved that and then you have fully communicated where each of, of each other are, that might be the point where you do it. Yeah, that yeah. might be the point where you just say, you know what, it's not important for us to agree right now. So you may go ahead and make that decision and say, I'm okay in this time to, to go ahead and disagree. It's going to be the best for the relationship. All right, number five, if agreeing to disagree is the route you choose, be sure to do it with a pure heart. The last thing that you're going to want to do is agree to disagree, and then you're going to hold it against that horrible, miserable, terrible wretch of a person that you're mad at. Right. Of course, I'm doing a play on words there, but yeah. you, get, you get the feeling of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you're basically going to go hold a grudge because they're yes. not doing the things. And that kind of just reveals your heart and where right. you're at. And and quite honestly, you might be the one who's having the issue, <laughs> not the other person. Right. And so you really have to look at that. Am I okay to agree to disagree and still love that person? If you can't do that, then you might need to, you know, kind of self-examine why and what needs to be healed there. But that's going to be important to maintain that healthy relationship. And there's nothing wrong with agreeing to disagree at that point. Um, and just just do it well. And, you know, listen to my heart for a moment, folks. I want everybody just to consider the life of Jesus for a second. Everything that he went through. And, and when we go through the Gospels and, and see his story, him already knowing the end of the story before it started. Right. Him knowing that every one of these disciples were going to abandon him. You know, yeah. at the end, knowing that the people of Jerusalem, the religious leaders, were going to to uh, force his execution on the cross. Right. Knowing everything that he knew, knowing the number of people who hated him, knowing the number of people who, who would come to him who were two-faced, knowing all of this, yet he showed this insatiable, amazing love for these people. Right, right. Yeah. And that's the kind of love that can easily agree to disagree with someone and still maintain a good, strong, vibrant relationship. Right, right. And you might have created an opportunity, like you had said earlier, or planted a seed and just given them time to think about it or an opportunity to have more conversation later. It, I mean, it's good for us sometimes to disagree. That's how we learn and we work things out and to have differences of opinion. Um, the problem comes in is when we let that take over our heart and cause um, issues or grudges. And in conclusion, if you can use these principles well and with the right heart and with the power of the Holy Spirit behind you, this is what can save a broken relationship. This right. can help a relationship that's okay to thrive. Mm-hmm. It can really change the course of your life. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it. It really is a good tool. Practice it well. I mean, you might, you might not work out the first few times, but keep going for it because I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised at how it works really well in your relationships. All right, Angie, thank you very much. You're listening to HopeForMe.Live. Folks, go to our website at HopeForMe.Live. On there, you're going to see a 
boatload of podcasts. They're all listed out, very easy to read, what you need to, to uh, listen to. You just push a button, find it, boom, there you are. You can uh, listen to it if you need to speak to a trained counselor, and oftentimes Angie is it. She loves to take your phone calls. The number is available on the website as well. So go to hopeforme.live, spread the word that we're out there, and remember, you'll never pay a dime for any counseling that we offer you.